Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Gregory Melville and Susan Fox and Kathleen Bromage. Welcome to Seasoned. I'm Marisol Castro. And I'm Chef Plum. If it is the last Thursday of the month, mm. we must be doing a live broadcast for Seasoned. We have to be, because we're here, and it made me so happy when the music came on to watch you jump. I was I, so excited. It startled me a little bit, I'll be honest. It was amazing. All of you listeners, thank you so much for joining us. We love this time of the month where we get to take live calls from you at home, in your car, in your backyard. Maybe you're online waiting for the vaccine. Maybe you're, I don't know. Maybe you're just enjoying this fantastic weather that we have outside today, right? It is really beautiful, and it harkens spring because spring has officially sprung, which means we have to talk about farms. Hello. Farming and gardening and growing and getting delicious food locally from your backyard, from your local farm. And we want to hear about your favorite local farm and things you like to grow. Give us a call here, 888-720-9677 or 888-720-WNPR. And let's hear it. Let's hear what you like to grow. Let's hear about your farms. Let's hear about your farms. Let's hear about your favorite farm, maybe even your favorite farmer's market. If I'm being honest, which about 92% of the time I'm honest. <laughs> One of the things that made me fall in love with the state of Connecticut yeah. were the, it was the farms. Like I saw dairy farms. I saw arboretums. I saw apple. I mean, I saw all of it. And I was like, oh, this could happen. This we, city girl can make a life out here. We have some amazing farms out here. And I was years ago, I hosted a show where that's what we did. We went to these local farms. And that's where I learned about how many incredible ingredients we have just here in our right. state. We really can eat locally Absolutely. because there are local farms everywhere. And I even count, you know, getting local oysters. That's farming. That's absolutely right. I mean, it's everything. Kelp. You kelp. want kelp? We can get sea kelp. We had sugar kelp off the coast of Westport, off the coast of Norwalk. Wow. Yeah. How about that? They're very fancy in Westport. You know what else is so great, too, about where we grow is that people can even have amazing gardens, and they grow beautifully here yeah, in Connecticut. They do. I actually, I think I've had this conversation with you. We, we talked about the plants come to my house to die. Yes. You're, you're like the plant um, cemetery. I am, I am the crypt keeper <laughs> of plants. Until, <laughs> until last year, during the pandemic, I, I had a green thumb, and I actually grew tomatoes on my back deck. How many tomatoes did you yield? 27. Wow. I know, I was not joking. It was literally all I could do was keep those tomatoes alive. I didn't care anything else about anything else. I just needed those tomatoes to stay alive. So Good for you. Thank you. So, fantastic job. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of myself for that. You know, I've kept two children alive, but it was more important that I, <laughs> that I actually grew, I grew some tomatoes well, on my back deck. We have an expert, though, this week to help us. Thank the sweet baby Jesus. And she may or may not have helped me. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's cheating. Yes. So one of the farms we love, I love in particular, Sport Hill Farm in Easton. Awesome place. Yeah. And run by an amazing human being. I love this woman. I remember the exact moment I met her, and I will ask her if she remembers it too. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, farm fans, please welcome. I usually say baseball fans, but I'm going to say farm fans. farm fans. Farm fans. The one and only Patty Pop of Sport Hill Farm. How are you, Patty? I'm good. How are you guys? We are happy to be hanging out with you and talking, <laughs> especially on this beautiful day that we have outside. We're so excited to have you on here on Seasoned with us. 
Thank you for having me. I'm listening to the peepers partying out there right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As well you should. You know this is a it's live springtime. It's a live it's a live call in show and we hope you you at home give us a call. You can talk to us about your spring veggies. You can ask Patty a question. The number is 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. Patty, just to start off to kind of lay some groundwork. How long has Sport Hill Farm been around and what made you get this green thumb? <laughs> <laughs> a oh loaded boy. question. There's there's the patty giggle. I love it. <laughs> so we are bravely entering our 21st year farming. Wow. Unreal when I think back. We were farming before social media. Mm -hmm. I had to go into every farmer's market to get my name out there, you know, talk to every person. It was kind of crazy. I continue to blame it on my husband that it's his fault that we're farmers <laughs> leave al out of this i love al such a nice fella so we you know moved to easton when we were first married um and we acquired property a few years later and with that extra property i was like i had my second son and i wasn't working i had to quit my job as working as for an orthopedic doctor and um we turned into farmers, not knowing a darn thing. Well, that's what I was <laughs> just going to ask you. Do you come from a farming family? Do we you... don't. And no. the funny thing is the memories I have, um, you know, both my parents worked growing up and my uh, maternal grandparents took care of us. And, you know, TV, there wasn't a lot on TV or no computers. So my grandmother loved her flower garden mm. and my grandfather did have a pretty impressive vegetable garden so those are kind of memories i have so i guess i was kind of exposed to it didn't appreciate it at that time yeah and so then you know growing up my dad was one of the first people into the organic gardening movement he got those magazines in back in the 70s mm -hmm. was it and put up this greenhouse off of our house in trumbull <laughs> I love it. Started all his seedlings, planted the garden, and then a deer came and ate it down, and that was the end of that. <gasps> no! <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, well, this it's life. It's life. It's <laughs> life in the wild, right? They were here first. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so that brought you, so those, those are the memories that you have, but it's not like someone ever taught you specifically, no. okay, Patty, this is it, because you were, you were an office assistant, right? Yeah. I worked for an orthopedic for 15 years, longer than any of his wives were with him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love it. Wow. <laughs> you are definitely loyal, Patty Pop. Yes. So talk, talk to us about the farm. What, what was, you get this piece of land with Al, you've got your son. Yes, so we started farming here in Easton. We turned the property into farmland. When we had first moved in, it was wooded area. So we started taking down the trees and removing the rocks and the town showed up and like, what are you doing? And we're like, we're going to start a farm. And, you know, it was a process. It was definitely a few years of clearing the land, you know, getting everything situated, you know, figuring out, is there a need for this? We're in an area where we have agriculture all around us, but, you know, we took it slow and that's all I could do when my kids were younger. And um, we just grew, and I don't know, every time I was about to give in, something just pushed me, and I just kept going. So, you know, we learned by 
talking to a lot of the old-time farmers, a lot of which are gone now. Um, Sal Gilberti, you read books. I love Sal. You know, what a great human being he is. It's just trial and error is yeah. what it boils down to because everything's different for everybody. And you, you didn't know, have a lot of people my... to teach you here. I mean, it wasn't like someone said, hey, you know, come work with me. I'll show you how to do this. You, you figure this all out on your own. Mm-hmm. It was a lot, you know, but like I said, we were lucky to have a few farmers in town who, you know, were there to answer questions and concerns and talk to us and tell us about the whole farming industry and life. And because really going into this kind of naive was probably the better thing to do, because if right, you didn't <laughs> I knew know then yeah, what I know now, right. I would have never done it. <laughs> You might you might still be with the orthopedist. Hey, hey well, he's long gone now. <laughs> R.I.P. Orthopedist. Sorry. Hey, so when you started off, uh, you know, I, I think of you a, a lot. I mean, you and I have spent time together talking chickens and dealing with with hens, and and, mm-hmm. and that was kind of one of the first things that you started working with, right? Yeah, that was um, through the years. You know, we began growing a few crops, doing some local farmers markets. I went to the one in Trumbull back in the day. I did the um, Greenfield Hill one, and then we got some chickens. Same thing, not knowing what we were doing. The things I've learned about chickens is mind-blowing. But um, we've kept them for eggs. So we have lots of ladies on the farm for fresh eggs. And we basically do veggies. You're going to make the comment like that. i got to ask you, what's one of the most mind-blowing things about a chicken that someone may not know? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) Remember, it's a family show. There's so much. Like, really? I, yeah. Well, you know, they, they, like, and owning any pet, you're going to have issues. You can have issues. And it's traumatizing. You know, we had a raccoon get into the coop when we were actually remodeling the house that we live in now. We were up next door, and I remember my husband telling me, he's like, don't go down to the chicken coop. Because unfortunately, raccoons behead them. It's a game. They might no. only eat one or two, but they take out the whole, the whole brood wow. flock. Mm-hmm. Because oh, wow. obviously, we weren't Jeez. in there to scare it away. But this so. is but this is an interesting point you make because I've noticed um, that a lot of and even where I live, people want to get chickens because they want those fresh mm-hmm. eggs. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is something to be aware of if you're going to get into, you know, even if you're just going to have one or two or three chickens in your backyard. And um, Exactly. It's, you know, if it's one or two or, you know, what we have like 200, it's, it's still the same concern. You have the hawks that are hungry and they do swoop down and will take out your bird and carry them away. It's amazing to watch. It doesn't wow. make me happy. <laughs> but it's, it's um, the wild, right? This is the area we live in. You have something was in our chicken coop because we tried to free range them. It's still in a fenced in area. And it was in within a matter of 45 minutes last year that I went out. I heard the chickens because hens are very quiet. And I ran out because I heard them making a noise. So I thought it was the hawk. Let my dog out. And there were feathers all over the field. Oh, no. Whatever it was took three birds in a matter of a half hour. Oh, it, my gosh. There was a hole in the fence, which, you know, it was small enough to get in and out. And actually, we have a video camera that we actually saw some kind of a creature. I don't know if it was a fish or cat, if they can jump. But if this thing, the poor pen went to go 
you know, jump up in the tree, which was too high for oh it my to gosh. reach. And this critter jumped up after it and took her. So, the oh my Sport God. Hill Farm Chupacabra. Well, these, oh yes, my gosh, they, it's but crazy. these are the perils of farming because I think mm-hmm. you are the perfect example of you went into this not knowing what you were doing and you literally have been learning trial by error and, and yeah. maybe a few little broken hearts. But if you've never been to Sport Hill, I just want to paint a quick picture. It's off of Sport Hill appropriately named. Mm-hmm. It's dirt road. You see, right, the barn on the left. And mm-hmm. when you park your car, before you go into your little cafe, the chickens greet you. They're like yep. the greeters. They're there. And I've spent half an hour just looking at them. They're very soothing, soothing creatures. And then... To watch the chickens. To just watch the chickens. Okay. They're just mm-hmm. doing their thing. And then you, you take a little left and Patty's got all these little pots of stuff growing, like beautiful flowers or even like herbs. And then you go into the store. There's always a friendly greeter. You get your little paper bag. I think the last time I went in there was the last of tomatoes. It was mm-hmm. like a... Very New England. Very, very, very. It's Everyone's fantastic. informative. You go out... You adapted to the, mm-hmm. the pandemic. You had a pod. You've got these beautiful <laughs> tables. Everything is green and verdant. Was that by design? How did, how did, how did all of that come to be? Well, you know, I think because my husband picks on me all the time. He's like, why do you care? And I'm like, Aww. because I care, because I love Country Living Magazine, and I want our <laughs> farm to look just like that. <laughs> so needless to say, he has a long honey-do list. Oh, my gosh. I look at it, when people envision farms, you know, we've been marketed what a farm is from childhood. You look in the books, it's green pastures, everybody has cows, everybody has chickens, everybody has pigs, yada, yada. But that's not the reality of what a family farm is. Yes, you might have some of those components, but that doesn't mean that everybody always does. So we're basically a vegetable farm, but I want it also to be a place where people... I'm big into teaching. I want people to learn, and all I can do is teach them what I've learned right. through my experience. And right. I want people to be able to come here and relax and breathe and just enjoy little things like watch the bees pollinating. Oh. Did you ever stop and watch that? No, but I'm going to encourage the, um, everyone too. Yeah, for sure. You know, the butterflies flying around and all the cocoons I found last year. It's like I worked in an office where. I was caught up in that rut. You know, you get up. I had to get mm-hmm. the kids ready. I had to drop them off at daycare, you know, pack all their stuff, right. go to work, come home, pick them up, bring, go back home, make dinner, give them a bath, go Wa- to bed yeah. and start wash, the day over. Wash, rinse, repeat. We're mm-hmm. going to stop and there for a second because we have okay. to take a quick break. We're talking with Patty Pop of Sport Hill Farm in Easton. We are not nearly done with her. And we're not nearly done taking calls from you. It's not the live call. call-in show. You give, give us, us a, a ring. or 888-720-WNPR. We're talking vegetables next. Give us a call. Shout out your farm. Tell us what you're growing. We'll see you guys in just a second. Stay right there. seasoned i'm marisol castro and i'm chef plum and today we are celebrating the start 
of spring because it's so beautiful outside. Absolutely. And we're talking, of course, with our good friend Patty Pop from Sport Hill Farm, and we're gonna go hard here. We're gonna dive deep into food and springtime vegetables and those things you harvest first, what to do with them. Yeah. And what are your favorite farms out there? I definitely want to give some shout-outs there as well. And I want to hear everyone thing that you got to say too. So give us a call at 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. Let's talk farming. Let's talk food. Patty, what's your favorite thing to grow? That's a really hard one. Is it like picking your favorite child? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I think there's, you know, components of every season that's a favorite. Um, for me, obviously, with along with most of people, it's a fresh tomato off the mm-hmm. vine. And in the fall, I adore spaghetti squash because I Ooh. use it like pasta and it's just so versatile. It can do anything. But um, since we've been coming out of winter now, I am jonesing for some good greens. Oh, mm. yeah, absolutely. So you what are, know, what, yeah, um, what, tell us what, what some of the spring vegetables are over so on the So right farm. now, what we're busy planting, you probably might have heard before, you plant peas on St. Patty's Day mm-hmm. if your ground is workable. That's always a good, fun event if you have children. So anytime now, you should be getting those peas in the ground, your snap peas, your shelling peas, whatever works for you. Um, this is the time to do it because they don't like the really hot weather. So I just learned something new. Plant those right in the ground. Or if you have a patio, I don't want people um, getting overwhelmed mm-hmm. with gardening. I think it should be a fun thing. And I think... In the spring now, we're all excited, and we want to grow all this stuff, and it's cool out still and not too hot, and then summer comes along, and everybody forgets about everything. So do small containers. Um, Lettuces, a lot of the nurseries, smaller nurseries, are carrying the seedlings for you. Those are something you can easily start indoors. Oh, yeah. Using recycled berry boxes, the plastic ones, put some potting mix in, put your seeds in, water it. All it needs... For seeds to germinate is warmth and moisture hmm. and then once they pop out of the ground then you start need you need to feed them patty i just um, got to jump in for a second you said berry boxes so i'm picturing like the strawberry containers are we talking about that yeah well Those the plastic ones i yeah. should say i'm yeah. sorry the Ooh. plastic strawberry containers are blueberries raspberries they're all out now they're that's all where you can st- it in. that's where you idea. can start it what a great idea mm-hmm. i love that idea and also, we're upcycling, right? We're taking exactly, that. and um, and along with that, if you don't have those available, toilet paper rolls and paper towel rolls, cut them down to about an inch high, put them in a little container or tray or a box you might have, fill them with soil, and put a seed per um, cell. Really? And then you can start stuff that way, Patty too. Patty Pop, mm-hmm. are you making videos on TikTok and not telling us? <laughs> Honestly. Holy smokes. <laughs> That's really great. What a great idea that is. I got to go over you to know, the farm. You gotta, the... You gotta, you, we have to do a, a show and tell here. Yeah. I, I love this. <laughs> Clearly. Next you just say egg crates in a second. That's what's coming next. Right? Um, so, you know, you should be planting all your greens. Arugula. Mm. Um, cabbage seeds get started now. Lettuces. Beets can go in the ground. Carrots go in the ground. Um, in your house, you'd want to start your tomatoes, your cucumbers, your peppers. Yeah. Zucchini. Those all cannot take the colder weather. So if you put them outside, they're not going to germinate right now. The soil's too cold. Oh, okay. Well, we got a question. We got a caller calling in, Patty. You, you mind taking a call with us? Come on on. <laughs> Let's do it. We've got Matt from Fairfield. Matt, what you got for the show today? 
Hey, it's Matt Storch. How you guys doing? Hey, Matt! How about that? Chef, how are you? <laughs> Took me off guard there, Chef. Nice to I have know, you. I know, totally. <laughs> What's it's up, Matt? Farmer in the world. <laughs> she is fantastic. We love having Patty on here and talking all about great food. Matt, you were talking about seasonality. Talk about how important that is for a chef, especially to have a great local <laughs> well, farmer to work with. Well, that's the key. I mean, Patty has done so much for us and just the general public in respects of showing people when actually things grow in this area. So I was hoping she would share a little bit about her particular pet peeves on, you know, people wanting corn at all times. <laughs> and, um, you you know, want to know my like new that. T-shirt I'm coming out with, right? <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Yeah, Patty's good. Patty's good at teaching people lessons. So I was hoping she would share that on on, on radio. I love it. Patty, tell us about seasonality on vegetables. Oh, boy. There's no tomatoes now, people. <laughs> There's no field tomatoes. Seasonality is important in the spring, and this is taught by other people who've gone to school um, in integrative nutrition. You know, spring means green. We're lightening up. We're coming out of winter where we kind of cooked and baked, and we want rich foods. And now bathing suit season's coming around the corner. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking So now about. it's time to lighten up. So you want to eat greens. You want to get spinaches. And, and it helps boost your body, too, as well as helping you lose some weight. And then you roll into summertime. And when you really think about it, summer, what, it gets hot mm-hmm. and humid. And people don't want to cook. You want to grill. But everything that's available can be eaten raw. You got your field tomatoes, you have your cucumbers, you have your zucchini. You know, most of the stuff that comes in the summer is something that's quick and easy. And then we roll into the fall and into the winter where it's back to the greens. You can still grow some greens, but it brings us all those winter squashes Squashes, and pumpkins and stuff that you want to cook and make the house warm by baking and make your soul warm by eating soups and everything. So it does make sense what nature gives us here in Connecticut. I was just going to say, Mother Nature really is perfect. She knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go any further, I just have to introduce Matt Storch. Are you still there, Matt? I'm here. <laughs> Listening intently? <laughs> Matt's restaurant has outlived, uh, certainly my marriage. He's outlived a lot of stuff. Uh, he's a chef supreme. He's a hometown boy, a dear friend of the show. A Connecticut dear friend of icon. Mine. He is a Connecticut icon. Matt Storch, oh. Match Burger Lobster in Westport. Match in Sono. Um, gets I've lots never... of his vegetables from Patty. He gets lots he of his vegetables. He makes one of the best. Yeah, one of the best, if not the best burger I've ever had in my entire life. And he only uses tomatoes when they're in season. Hey, there we go. That's a big winner. <laughs> Chef, great to hear your voice, man. We're looking forward to seeing you down the road. Love you all. There. Have a great day. There he goes. Thanks. Love you, Matt. Chef, Matt Take Storch. care. Uh, Patty, that you, it brings up a great point. So if people come to your farm right now and they want to have, hey, Patty, can we have some corn? What do you say to them? <laughs> I have popcorn. <laughs> uh, but do you try to educate them and explain to them? So, Listen. Exactly. So, you know, education is just key. Most people do not know everything that appears, you know, in your local grocery store does not appear on a farm. Right. Farming has kind of been marketed to us. So when we think of Memorial Day, we think of that as it's the unofficial opening of summer, right? Summer begins, yada, yada. We should have watermelons and tomato and corn on the cob. And all that stuff's being shipped in from the United States or elsewhere into the grocery stores. But the reality is Connecticut farms do not have that. 
at yeah. that time. Yeah, it's just it's there's not, no it way. Grow. The old saying goes, I mean, there's always some farms out there that are using Rime to get crops earlier than expected, but um, really knee high by the Fourth of July for corn. Hmm. And then, you know, by that time, you figure end of July into August through frost, you get corn, sweet corn. But like I said, there's people out there who do push the bar. I feel for us, there's just certain things that when you try and force Mother Nature, and I know people want it, but the flavor is not true to what it could be because you're pushing something to be done in a time when it's not really supposed to be right absolutely and you know i just love all these little rhymes that farmers have knee high by july <laughs> right knee high by, july. Like, dude, learn knee some high by the fourth of july exactly Perfect. and you yeah. know and the same goes with tomatoes i mean there's farms i saw on instagram that are you know heating their greenhouses and they have tomatoes in the ground and they're good but there's something just about a field tomato that right. is just different. so different because it's the sun it's the rain it's not in a controlled environment per se. And, you know, that's the epitome of a summer tomato. You go out there, you pick it off and you eat it. And it's still without warm from the and sun. It's so good. Yeah. Eat it like an apple in the sun. It's Great. it's mm-hmm. delicious. We all love it. I can't wait to hear what you're planting out there here in Connecticut. Give us a call, 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. Tell us what you're planting. Yeah. I can't wait to see what you're planting. I just planted some peppers. I don't have a lot of hope for them. Oh, I don't. Really? No, I don't. I'm not very good at it either. But, Patty, I want to ask you about peas because those are one of the first mm-hmm. things we harvest. I love peas. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things I love to do with them, especially when they're really fresh like that, my sauce, you can get them. I lightly blanch them, and then I'll puree them with a little bit of butter oh. and a little bit of salt, pepper, sometimes a touch of garlic, and it makes like a delicious that. sauce to put on chicken. I like Yummy. that. Bright green. It looks so great on a plate, and it, the taste, because they're so fresh and they're so they're, they're super sweet, mm-hmm. it's a great time of year to make a sauce like that out of them. I also, oh, definitely. I also find, Patty, and, and you, you know, let me know, put me in my place. The food that you make is just fresher yeah. when it comes straight from your farm. I mean, I've taken zucchini from your farm. I've gone home, thrown it on the grill that night, and somehow it just tastes better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, 100%. Patty, what about you? What's something you recommend to do with uh, some of these fresh vegetables that start you know, early in springtime, like peas and things like that? Like Marisol just said, you yeah. don't need a lot of prep work. When something is so fresh, it needs minimal work done to it. I um, often on my social media pages will post, you know, some family recipes. I have a coleslaw recipe handed down from my grandmother for cabbage and some homemade dressings that are really simple that all you need is a mason jar, throw your local honey in, olive oil, some vinegar and shake it up. And pour that over your fresh head of lettuce. Ooh. You know, it's easy. You, you can't go wrong. You're not going to hurt anything. Baking's more of a science, whereas mm. cooking, anything can go. For sure. You know, I love you know the, the asparagus you brought up too. Mine, I saw one of the yeah. things I love to do with it in, in the beginning because because it's I think it almost has that sweetness when you pick it fresh when it's when it's fresh in springtime, right? I like to take a peeler and I'll peel it. Mm-hmm. Right, and I'll put that. I'm making the motion with my hands. Yeah, no, I know. Myself. I'm watching. It's hysterical. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll use a peeler and I'll peel down the asparagus into a bowl, and I'll save the tips, and I'll toss that with a little bit of lemon juice and truffle oil, 
and then I'll mm. put that on a plate with some fresh ricotta cheese. Oh. And then uh, take a little bit of that honey she's talking about and drizzle that on there, and I make a asparagus and ricotta truffle sa- salad. Well, Yum. okay, so we're in March. The farm opens when? April 9th? I'm opening a little earlier just for a couple of days in April. So Thursday, um, I keep saying Thursday. So Fridays and Saturdays in April, starting on April 9th, yes. Okay, I only ask you this because I'm trying to figure out when Plum is going to get said asparagus <laughs> so he can make. make that and bring it here for our next live show. Well, asparagus will start. start I mean, if anybody's grown their garlic, they see it popping out of the ground. And in spring, you need to fertilize it and feed it. It's a heavy feeder yeah. now in the spring when it's growing. When you get the garlic scapes, if you plant the hardneck garlic, you are to remove those. Mm. And as a farmer, we sell those, and I actually bundle them up um, with little recipe cards to make a garlic scape pesto. Great pesto. Mm-hmm. It is the first flavor of garlic before we pull the garlic yeah. out of the ground, which is usually after the 4th of July. Um, the pesto is amazing. You can use it to cook with. You can use it on garlic bread. Mix it with some olive oil and make a salad dressing. Mm -hmm. I love garlic scapes. They have a lot of uses. Mm -hmm. Uh, John from Colchester has a question for us. John, what you got for the show today? Actually, it's a statement, and I agree with everything you just said on the garlic scapes. I was waiting to chime in on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But, and I just want to see if I can get agreement on clarification on knee-high by the 4th of July. Is knee-high when you're riding a horse? Oh. Oh. Well, well, well. I think, that, I, think oh. I, did, I think I did a search on it one time because I used the <laughs> phrase, I help out on a, I volunteer on a farm all the time. And I use it all the time when oh, people are looking for corn real early. But then I did a search, and I think it knee-high references the farmer riding on a horse, and it would hit his knees while riding on the horse. Well, there you go. Hmm. That, that, well, so listen to John, John is setting the record straight, sir. There you go. There's we always something. You. I love it. There's John calling in from Colchester to tell us all about the uh, definition of some of these. The etymology rights. of the knee high <laughs> right. by the 4th of July. Patty, do you have a Clydesdale? And do you wear chaps? Hmm. Spurs. Next on the list. I get you a big <laughs> <add> too. <laughs> hey, listen, I think we're going to take a little breather here, uh, get kind of a reset, get our ducks in a row. But when we get back, I want to give some shout outs to some great local farms that we've got around here and uh, also have some more time with Patty. Yeah. We're speaking to Patty Pop of Sport Hill Farm. While we talk to her, think about your farming attitudes. Did you just sign up for a CSA? Are you counting the days until you can pick up your first box? Call us now. We want to know what fresh things you're cooking or what you hope to cook in the next few weeks. You're listening to Seasoned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Seasons. Marisol Castro here. And I'm Chef Plum. And if you're just joining us, we're live today in the studio. We're always live the last Thursday of every month. True story. And we love that because we get a chance to talk to you. So give us a call at 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. Or if you're like me and you're terrible with the letters and your numbers on your phone, it's 720-9677. That's how I look at it. We're joined by Patty Pop. The one and only. 
Patty Sport Hill Farm. Pop. Not only one of my favorite farmers, one of my favorite people. Uh, I'm going to embarrass you, Patty, because you were Uh-oh. named <laughs> Farmer of the Year in oh, 2018 hey. by the Farmers Almanac. Come on, brandish that reward. I mean, come on, you're doing some good work. I, I joke, but I don't joke. You are. You work so tirelessly at what you do, and and you're so pivotal in your community. Um, so that's why we want to pick your brain about what you do on the farm and, and help us at home try to figure out what we can do with some of our spring vegetables. So if you're listening, uh, if you want to know when to plant your arugula, when you should harvest it, what you should be planting now, give us a call, 888-720-9677, 888-720-WNPR. So, Patty, what are some of those vegetables that people come in in the springtime and want first? Or they come to you first looking for, hey, do you have this? Avocados, pineapples, and tomatoes. Stop it. <laughs> Come on. No. I swear. I swear. Really? No joke. Yes. Oh, my goodness. In sweet corn, like Memorial Day weekend will begin the people coming in asking for sweet corn. And thus my spiel happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just educating them. You know, some of those early things that I like to get, uh, you know, I love artichokes. I love arugula. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. The greens we talked about are some of my favorite things to use, too. Arugula is a great thing as well because not only can you make a great salad with it, it also makes a fantastic pesto. You can yes. also yeah, make you a, see a pesto. Yeah, yeah. A delicious arugula salad dressing out of it where you can actually puree that arugula with a little bit of lemon juice, garlic. I use a pinch of mustard and salt and then slowly drizzle in some olive oil puree. It makes a beautiful dressing. Yeah. My brush, my first brush with uh, arugula I guess now that I'm digging into the the recesses of my mind, I dealt with farming at a young age because arugula used to grow wild on the Mm -hmm. side of the hutch. Wow! And as Mm -hmm. a kid, I remember these Italian old ladies would go and pick the arugula. That was their jam. Yeah. And now it's like, oh my God, arugula, it's so hoity-toity. I mean, I don't think it is. Is it hoity-toity? I mean, some people are like, I'll only eat arugula. (laughs) I don't want romaine. I want the peppery (laughs) notes of the arugula. That's fantastic. Hey, we've got Lydia from Mansfield on the phone. Hi, Lydia. Welcome to Season. What you got for the show today? Hey there. I'm not quite sure whether I have anything worthy of being on the radio, but... Of course you you do. Absolutely do. And I had had just cleaned up my hands from messing around with the dirt, which is what everyone should be doing right now. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, And notice, and this is kind of interesting, I noticed that uh, leeks that I had grown, what I do is then I finish a buy leeks at the store, I cut them and leave the roots, and a lot of times they'll restart a whole new leek. And I had some that I just kind of stuck in the ground. I just moved into a new place that I have never gardened before, but I, I stuck them in a kind of sheltered spot. Um, they had already started to sprout, and they made it through the winter. So I am growing yep. my own leeks, and that, that's kind of exciting that I don't have to. It's a good way to, it's a good tip, so you don't. Yeah, yeah that's leeks. fantastic. I've never thought of that. Thanks, Lydia. Uh, leeks, uh, cutting them and then just putting the root end in the ground, mm-hmm. that, that works, Patty? Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I know it during I, I know during the pandemic, folks were growing lettuce yeah. in their windowsills, mm-hmm. even in the city, uh, because we you know we were desperate and sure. we didn't know where our vegetables were coming from. What other vegetables or produce or herbs or whatever can you think of, Patty, that are hardy enough that you can do that? That you can grow them in a Tupperware in your windowsill or just well, in the ground? I mean, you mean you can, like you said, the lettuce, the leeks, onions. You can start potatoes, their eyes, so then you can put them in the ground to root. You know, basically anything. It's it's a lot quicker than beginning things from seed. Right. Mm. 
but you know sometimes lettuce will be come a little bitter because you can't cut it down too many times it's like when we grow arugula or the lettuce they both like cooler temperatures so when it starts to get really hot and bake in the sun sometimes your lettuce tastes like it's um bitter Oh, and it's not because it's old. It's because of the elements of the weather. Wow. And the same with arugula. The first cutting of arugula, if it's when it's still cool out and it's still spring, is amazing. And then it'll grow two or three times after. But each time now you cut it, it gets spicier and spicier oh because the temperatures gosh. are going up. That's happening. And the same my with sister. mustard greens too. What? What? So, so this makes complete sense. Chef and I are both looking at each other yeah. like a light bulb just yeah, went totally. off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. For for folks at home who are considering, you know, out in their backyard or their deck or whatever little plot of lands they have, what should we grow from seedlings and what should we grow from actual plants? I think so people don't get um, discouraged. A fun thing to do, if, and especially if you have a small area and not a lot of ways, you know, not a big garden to put in, is get some, you know, nice size planters and buy some tomato plants and put one tomato plant in the container. Mm-hmm. And then around the base, you can put carrots because the tomato grows up, the carrots grow down, and <sighs> they're friends, they're companion plants. So uh-huh. they help ward off some diseases and some bugs. Carrots and tomatoes. And tomatoes right. love one another. But but tomatoes and potatoes don't like each other, right? Yeah. Oh. Exactly. There's a whole... Wow. And then what about, yeah. I had heard, because again, I was so proud of myself with the tomato growing, pl- uh, planting marigolds around them keep mm-hmm. the pests away. Too, yeah. It keeps pests away. It brings the pollinators to the area because obviously the bees are looking for food. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, when we, um, last year, mustard greens aren't a big favorite for a lot of people. Oh. I find them delicious. I do too. Blasphemy. I love them. Oh, I love them. You can make, like you say, a pesto, a pesto. with them, which mm-hmm. is amazing. But um, they went to flower, and their flowers are beautiful. They were beautiful yellow flowers, and beautiful of course flowers. they're edible, and they are amazing. And arugula flowers, when I let my arugula go to seed, almost go to seed, it flowers first, mm-hmm. is like the best flower I've ever had. Yeah, it's really pretty. They come out, they're beautiful, it's sweet, bright. and it's got a little kick to it, and it's really amazing. So pretty much the stages of your plants, you can pretty much eat the whole stage except when it gets to the seed part. <laughs> for sure. Hey, I'll give you a little chef tip, too, for mustard greens. That uh, we do it with, I do it with mustard greens and with kale. If you pull the stems off, take those mm-hmm. leaves and put them in a bowl. I toss it with just a pinch of salt and apple cider vinegar. Let it hang out mm-hmm. in that bowl for a few minutes and then put it down. And you, some of the flowers she's talking about, you can put those on there, like tear the yep. petals mm-hmm. up and put them on. Yep. Or just use chive flower blossoms, too, which are beautiful the on there. Ones. Yeah. Makes yeah. an amazing salad. My kids will eat it with their hands. Really? And they just eat it like a, like a champion, even the mustard greens. Wow. Yeah. So good. It's a, it's a great and ramp season's salad. coming up. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about ramps for sure. I wanted to ask you about artichokes as well because so many people love artichokes. They're not that easy to grow, they're kind of a pain in the butt to prepare. Yeah. You have to clip them. Mm-hmm. And it eludes me. It makes yeah. me very nervous. But they're delicious. Are they really that difficult from a farming standpoint? Yeah, they are. I haven't, we haven't ventured off to doing that. And plus, they take up a lot of space. They're right. pretty much like the broccolis and cauliflowers, which, you know, you get this huge plant. 
CNN, very, you know, the head is right in the center of it. Right. And, but people don't realize, I, I'm trying to teach them that when we harvest our broccoli and cauliflower to eat those leaves, I will cut the leaves and sell them separately because they taste just like the vegetable itself and it's like a kale so Uh it's a broccoli leaf treat it like a kale you can make it crispy by putting it in the oven Mm -hmm. you can saute it you can roast it with the broccoli florets itself but the leaves are so delicious that's what's a great tip right there i love that that's a fantastic Mm -hmm. it is it is i can't tell you how delicious they are they really make and it it makes it more filling too because you get more bang for your buck that way yeah Christy and the greens. same with Brussels yeah. sprout leaves. Like everybody sh- takes all the leaves off of the stalk when they sell them. Mm-hmm. Cook those babies up. Really? They are so amazing. Wow, that's that's Patty. A great I, have tip. A, I have a kind of a random question because I'm uh, you're Uh-oh. talking about no, you're talking about these leaves and how you use mm-hmm. every bit of the vegetable, and I'm envisioning you harvesting stuff on the farm. Is there at like you know seven o'clock at night? Do you look at Al and you're like? Let's have a salad, and you two just go out into the back onto your farm. Pick I do. Things. Like tonight, I'm going to go into my greenhouse and get kale. I love it. Is I overwintered it in our greenhouse, and I just you just jones it after a while. Like the kale from the stores does not taste the mm-hmm. same, and yeah. I understand why people do not like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once you start getting great vegetables like that, it does change you a little bit. You, you kind of get almost spoiled to yeah. it. You got to have. You, know, you got to get Definitely. it from the farm. You know? For it, sure. It tastes different. Less hands have touched it. You know. Mm-hmm. If you're just tuning in, we are speaking to Patty Pop of Sport Hill Farm. We are live and on the airwaves. It's the call-in show, so if you have any questions in these last few minutes, give us a call. The number is 888-720-9677, 888-720-WNPR. Patty, we got to do it. The mysterious ramp. We have to talk about ramp. Please. Um, here in our state, I've known several chefs from years ago who have their area in the woods where they get their ramps. They mm-hmm. won't tell anybody where they are. They'll, yep. they'll trek up to Roxbury or someplace, Woodbury, into the woods. <laughs> they'll check behind them to make sure no one's no. following them, and they'll cut their ramps, and they'll bring them back to the restaurant, or they'll bring them back to the house to prepare them. What exactly is a ramp yeah. to start with, Patty? Can you explain that? Honestly, I'm not a fan. It's not my big thing, but um, they grow in wooded areas, and um, it's in the onion family. And people, they just, it's one of the, and this is what I think, we're just jonesing for something to eat. So it's one of the earliest spring greens, per se, that people go out to forage and find. But you have to be mindful on how you are picking them. Because if you take them all or you take the whole plant out, it won't regenerate and grow for the next season. So when foraging and looking for stuff, which is great because nature provides a lot, we have to be mindful and not being too selfish and taking too much. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Um, listen, as far as cooking ramps and what to do with them, you know, we've said the word pesto a lot today, mm -hmm. and I'm going to say it again. I love it. You know, a ramp pesto is delicious. I like to grill my ramps off first, mix them with almonds, garlic, a little bit of Parmesan cheese, and sometimes I'll put a little chili in there as well. And I like it. Pop them in the in the uh, food processor with a little bit of olive oil and a pinch of lemon. Makes an amazing pesto to put on something. I'm here for it. You know, another thing I like to do too is take those ramps, toss them with a little bit of olive oil and garlic, grill them, and just chop them up and top steaks with them. Ooh, that's it nice. It is mm. delicious on there. Like what that. What about fiddlehead? Ferns. Those are funny little guys, aren't they? When, anytime I see them, I look at them and I'm like, I love you. And I bring them home and I'm like, 
I've like, I've put salt and pepper and olive oil on them. I throw them on the grill. I try to call Plum, but he's too busy at the beauty parlor getting his hair dyed wow, purple. I look pretty. Um, what <laughs> do you have those at the farm? Patty? I don't know. Okay. That's another thing that people go out on foraging and they have their little areas where yeah. they find it, yada, yada. But when garlic scape season hits and you have nasturtiums growing. Love nasturtiums. Can I tell you how yummy that pesto oh is gosh. to combine the two? Oh so you gosh. have the pepperiness of your nasturtium and the garlic flavor. It's the bomb. And you put the flowers in and it makes the pesto really pretty too. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone's making pesto for dinner tonight. They have to <laughs> it's so easy. You <laughs> can know, pesto anything. When it's, the arugula gets too bitter and, it's very and you don't like it, make yeah. a pesto. Throw right. olive oil, throw your you know, cheese in there, salt and pepper, yeah. and put it on bread and cook with it. <sighs> and it takes that heat out. Yum. And that Delicious. bitterness out. It's so good. It's so easy to do. It doesn't have to be just basil. Right. Delicious. Let's take one last call here. We've got Eric from Hamden. Eric, we've got the speed round, buddy. you got about 30 seconds. What you got for us? I just wanted to say you were talking about uh, arugula earlier. And when I was in Italy, my wife and I on our honeymoon, we were sitting uh, watching a herd of sheep. And a sheepdog would go to the arugula and point it out to the sheep and they would come over and nibble it. It was amazing. Wow. Interspecies interaction. It was just cool. And hey, thanks for the show. Good job. Hey, thanks Thanks, a lot. We appreciate it. Uh, Final call for the day. We've got Sylvie calling from Stratford. Hi, Sylvie. How are you? Welcome to Seasoned. Hi. You've got a question for Patty? Yeah. Go for it. What is your favorite vegetable to grow and eat? And eat. Sylvie, I miss you. Aww. How are you, honey? Um, I have to say the most fun and favorite would be the ground cherries. Oh. Because they're, they grow like tomatoes and then they fall yep. to the ground and you peel open and get that little yellow berry in the center, which is sweet like a pineapple. Yeah. Ooh, those are fantastic. You know, I want to just give a quick shout out. You know, I work out in the east. And I know our show is broadcast yeah. out in the east end of Long Island. Uh, some of my favorite farms out there I love. Uh, Balsam Farm, they're doing an amazing job. I go there every single day in the summer when I'm working. Uh, Amber Waves Farm, amazing sustainable Amber farm. Waves, they yeah. are fantastic. There's so many great farms everywhere, you guys. you got to support them. I've always said, I, I spent some time training with Sean Brock, and he told me years ago that as chefs we spend so much time cooking our food, we got to do what the farmers do. Farmers spend so much time trying to give us the best food they possibly mm-hmm. can when they can grow it and when they harvest it, that we as chefs and we as cooks and we as people who want to prepare it should do the same care and respect for it that the farmers have. And I've tried to live up to that every single day. So, Patty, much love to you. We really appreciate what you do. Yeah, 100%. So tell us again when the farm opens. April 9th and 10th. Oh my goodness! I'm coming over and every to get some Saturday in April. We will have a farmers market outside. Oh, nice! Excellent, mm-hmm. excellent, excellent, excellent. And what's what's the first bit of of goodies that you're going to have available? It'll be actually it'll be probably more of Sal's stuff. Um, his microgreens and lettuces and spinach, and we'll have our kale and our eggs. And I have a butternut squash sauce we made, mm. and we have our marinara, and a lot of our farm friends. You know, the local items we carry here that are people's favorites. Yes. Another one of my favorite farms, Gilberti's. Shout out to Sal. What an amazing Gilberti's. human being that guy is. I he bought, is an and awesome I bought human. some uh, Arethusa cheese and butter from you nice. there as well. So good. So delicious. <laughs> we have had the great pleasure of speaking to Patty Pop. 
farmer extraordinaire of Sport Hill Farm. You are such a pleasure. I can't wait to reap the benefits of your of your bounty. Thank you guys for having me. Of I course. miss you guys. Of we miss course. you too. Seasoned is produced by Robin Doyen Aiken, Katie Talarski, and big thanks to Carmen Baskoff who helped us with the phones today. And of course, Meg Fitzgerald and Courtney Durso, our social media team. I'm Chef Plum. I'm Marisol Castro. See you next week, everyone. Thanks for listening. Now go plan something and make a pesto. Ha <laughs> ha!